if you have your Bible, let's look at the book of Galatians this morning. Again, we're studying in the book of Galatians for a little bit about the Apostle Paul and how he was transferred from Saul into Paul. And so Galatians chapter 1 this morning, Paul, Paul, God's Messenger is the title of this message this morning. So as we look at the Apostle Paul's life and as we talk about what happened to him and how he went to uh, Galatia and how he was talking to those who were teaching false doctrine and how he was encouraging the church at Galatia, let us read in Galatians 1, beginning in verse 10. Galatians 1, verse 10. For I am now trying to win the favor of people or God. Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a slave of Christ. Now I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel preached by me is not based on human points of view, for I did not receive it from a human source, and was not taught it, but it came by a revelation. Notice that it came by a revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard about my former way of life in Judaism. I persecuted God's church to an extreme degree and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond my contemporaries among my people because I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. Verse 15, But when God... But when God, notice that, but when God, who from my mother's womb set me apart and called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I could preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray as I deliver the Word of God this morning, God, that You would touch my tongue and touch our ears. God, to hear the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to convict us and help us to apply it to our lives, Lord, that we could purpose in our hearts to do what you have called us to do in our lives going forward in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Paul, a messenger of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think about when I first surrendered to the ministry right here at New Bethlehem Baptist Church to preach the gospel. I told uh, Brother Sonny Holland and Brother Bill Britt and Brother Jerry Chaddock, all those who uh, spoke to me and who, who talked to me about the ministry, I, I told them I'm an unlearned man. I don't know anything about preaching the gospel. I don't know anything about studying the Word of God. How can I do what God has called me to do? And they said, Brother Randall, what you need to do is get before the Lord and labor before Him and let Him give you revelation of the Scripture. And so as I studied the Word of God, the Word of God is for us to study and to learn and to memorize. As I studied the Word of God, the Holy Spirit began to speak truth into my life. And so He does for you and I today. In fact, today I'm praying that He'll speak some revelation into our hearts today, that we will forever be changed, that we will forever be different from the way that we are when we walk in uh, today. Fill in the blank, number one. He purposed to please God. Notice in verse 10 here what He said again. For I am now trying to win the favor of people or God. Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. He purposed to please God. He sought to please God, not man. In our lives as human beings, as Christians, we are not to please individuals. We are to please the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Some people say, well, I need to make my boss happy, or I need to make my husband happy, or I need to make my wife happy, or I need to make my kids happy, or I need to make my friends happy with what I'm doing and what I'm saying and where I'm going. Above all of that, we are to please the Lord Jesus Christ and Paul purpose in his heart to please Christ above all else. Paul mixed no words. He fired two questions at his critics here in verse 10. The first question is this, am I now seeking the favor of men or God? I want to ask you a question today. Are you seeking the favor of men? The applause of men? Are you seeking the favor of God on your life? Because the favor of God is more important than the favor of men. Do I seek to please men, Paul asked. If I still please men, I should not be a servant of Jesus Christ. The point here is not the word still in that text. It's not the word still please. The point in this message is, above all else, as born-again believers, as Christians, as saved individuals, we are to please God above all else. Paul was saying that there was a time when he was a man of pleasure, a time when he sought the favor and approval of men instead of God. However, no more uh, was that the tune uh, that he was speaking. When Paul was converted from Saul unto Paul, he said, Lord, I am your servant. I am your man. I am your slave. I'm going to go where you tell me to go, and I am going to do what you tell me to do. That ought to be our mindset as Christians. We ought to go where God tells us to go, and say what God tells us to say, and do what God tells us to do above all else. Remember, family, we should never seek the recognition and the honor of men. However, we should always seek the Lord Jesus Christ, always fill our hearts with what is needed to continue the journey. When I surrendered to the ministry and these men began to speak life into me uh, and preaching the gospel, I said, Lord, if you've called me, and I believe you have, and you've equipped me, and I believe you have, then I'm going to preach the gospel. And so I began to study, and I began to teach, and I began to preach the gospel. And at first, I didn't understand a lot, and still don't understand a lot, even even today. But listen, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. And that's what the Apostle Paul wanted to do in his life. He wanted to please God above all else. John 12, 26 says this, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him shall my father honor. Above all else in life, I don't want to please men. I'm not here to please you or to satisfy you. I'm here to preach and teach the gospel. I'm here to honor God and obey God and do what God has called me to do. Now, if I please you in the midst of that, if I if I tickle your ears in the midst of that, then that's just a, a bonus. But God has called me to preach and teach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so therefore, not with our service as men pleasers, but as a servant of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with a good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. I want to ask you a question today. Are you a man pleaser? Are you a God pleaser? I pray that you are a God-pleaser because if you are a God-pleaser, you have purpose in your heart to please God and no one else. That was the Apostle Paul's desire was to please God and no one else. Colossians 3.24 says this. Colossians 3.24 Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward 
of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we are not to serve individuals. We are not to serve men. But we are to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, Brother Randall, you said that already. I can't drive that home enough. I can't drive it home enough. Above all else, purpose to please God. The Apostle Paul said, as I purpose to please God, I am honoring Him and I am doing good service to those in my sphere of influence and to those of my group and my setting and my congregation. I am doing good to those individuals. Number two, he purposed to proclaim the gospel. He purposed to proclaim the gospel. When I go back to the day that I was called to the ministry and the Lord dealt with me about preaching the gospel and I said, Lord, I'll do that. Where you send me, I'll go and where you, where you, uh, where I go, I'll speak what you tell me to do and I'll say what you tell me to do and I'll do what you tell me to do. I will do all of that, Lord, because you have called me and you have saved me. You have equipped me for the ministry of preaching and teaching the gospel. So therefore, I am going to purpose to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. You say, Brother Randall, I'm not called to preach. If you are a born-again Christian, you are called to exemplify and to witness of the good news of Jesus Christ. Not necessarily to preach, not necessarily to teach, but you are to witness the good news of Jesus Christ, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul preached with direct revelation from the Lord Jesus Christ. Look in verse 11 this morning. Verse 11, you still with me? Say amen. Okay. Verse 11, Now I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel preached by me is not based on a human point of view. For I did not receive it from human sources, and I was not taught it, but it came by divine revelation from Jesus Christ. Your translation may say it came from uh, mysteries, uh, from God. It may say revelation. It may say something else. But my text says, but it came by a divine revelation uh, from Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul preached, and therefore as he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, it was not from man, but from divine revelation. Uh, a lot of people begin to tell me as I surrender to the ministry to preach the gospel, Brother Randall, you need to read books. Brother Randall, you need to go to conferences. Brother Randall, you need to do this and you need to do that. You need to study the Word and, and, and make your own opinion of the Word of God. But I said no to that. Above all else, however I am in seminary study and be a good student of the Lord Jesus Christ. But listen, above all else, we are to study the Word of God and let the Holy Spirit give divine revelation to our hearts and to our lives. Even this morning, I pray that Lord Jesus as I preach the gospel. Give us ears to hear the divine revelation of Jesus Christ. Impart it to us so that we can take that divine revelation and share it with our family and with our friends and with our co-workers. Paul clearly stated that he received it, the gospel from Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. As Christians, we need to be careful about reading books. We need to be careful about going to conferences. We need to be careful about listening to preachers on television. We need to be divinely inspired by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Sure, we need to be taught. We need to be taught. But we need to be careful that what we're hearing is the divine revelation of Jesus Christ. 
the Word of God and not man's opinion and not man's thought, but the divine revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.17 says this, On the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery or in a revelation, which God predestined before the ages for His glory. Ephesians 1.9 says this, God having made known unto us the mysteries or the revelation of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself. Which He purposed in Himself. Colossians 1, 25-27 Wherefore I made a minister of Jesus Christ according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the Word of God, even the mystery, the revelation, which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to His saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of God, the mysteries among the Gentiles, who should be follow, fellow heirs and of the same body and of the same mind and partakers of the same promise of Jesus Christ. To every one of you today that are born again, that know Jesus, that have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you are heirs to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, how do you know about the Bible? How do you study the Bible? Well, you take the Word of God. First, you have to take the Word of God and you have to open it. You have to open it. You can't do this. God, impart to me revelation. Impart to me mysteries that I may know. You can't do that. You have to open the Word of God. And you have to begin to read it. And then let it read you. And let it examine you. And let it show you the truth of God's Word. The preaching that, that I do mainly and, and primarily is expository preaching. I take a text of the Bible and I read it. And from that text I pull out the points of the message. I pull out the revelation of Jesus Christ out of those points that the Spirit of God has given them to me. And, and so therefore I am sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. I am proclaiming the truth of God's Word. I am giving you the revelation of Jesus Christ. But what's so unique about us as believers, if you are born again, that as we read the Word of God, and the preacher preaches the Word of God, the preacher may give revelation what he's learned, but the Holy Spirit gives you revelation of what you need. Of what you need. Number three, purpose change. He purpose change. Paul had a radical change take place in his life. This is clearly seen in the Scripture. Paul's former life was included with two major things. The first thing was he is a persecutor of the church. He killed Christians. He murdered Christians. He wreaked havoc on the church of Jesus Christ. And then he was an angry man. Paul was an angry man before he became Paul. He was so angry that he would disrupt the churches that were gathering. He was so angry that he would live and breathe to persecute and to murder and to torture Christians. He was so angry that he did not even like himself. That's how angry the Apostle Paul was before he became a child of God, before he was rescued from himself. Acts 9. Acts 9. Just, just turn there. Give me a moment and just turn there this morning. Acts 9. I want you to see this this morning. Acts 9 this morning. 
Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. This is Saul before he became Paul. Meanwhile, Saul, there it is, Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus, so that it be found any who belong to the way, which is to Jesus. Either men or women, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he traveled and was near in Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him, falling him to the ground. He heard a great voice that spoke to him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord, he said. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. He replied, but get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Then the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound but not seeing anyone. And Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could not see anything. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. Now in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, hear my Lord, he said, Get up and go to the street called Straight. The Lord said to him, To the house of Judas, and to ask for a man from uh, Tar Titus, Tarsus, uh, named Saul. Uh, as he seen a man named Ananias coming in, a, a placing his hands on him, so they made, uh, they made, I'm sorry, so he may regain his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem and his authority here from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said, Go for this man. Go for this man in my chosen instrument to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and sons of Israel. And I will certainly show him much he must suffer for my name's sake. Saul was a prisoner of the enemy. Saul was a persecutor of the Christians and the church. And Satan was wreaking havoc on his life. But when he met God, when he met Jesus, when he met that bright light, he became the Apostle Paul shortly after. And as he became the Apostle Paul, he sent out on a mission to do change. To do change. Not to make change, but to do change. You say, Brother Randall, what, what's, what's about do change? Do change is something we do. We change. We, we are convicted by the Holy Spirit of God. And when we are convicted by the Holy Spirit of God, we say, Lord, here am I. I'm going to surrender my life. We do change. We change from the inside out, not from the outside in. We don't turn over a new leaf. We don't just make some profession. We make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are going to change. Paul had a radical change take place in his life. And so this is seen in the Scripture. I believe in studying the Bible that Paul, uh, before he was Paul, as he was Saul, had persecuted Christians and churches on the same day that even Stephen was stoned. Remember Stephen, huh? A great man of God. He was stoned for his belief and his faith and the good news of Jesus Christ. And on that same day, Saul was persecuting 
Scripture continues. Acts 8, 3 says this. As for Saul, he made havoc on the church, entering into every house and speaking to men, women, boys, and girls about their faith. What if today someone would enter your home? What if today someone would enter this church and say, Hey, brother, hey, sister, tell me about your faith in Jesus Christ. Would you purpose to change your mind about your faith in Jesus? Or would you purpose to stand up and proclaim and profess Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Would you be like the Apostle Paul? Would you be the messenger of Jesus Christ? Would you be the messenger of Jesus Christ? Church, as I thought about this message today, and as I thought about the Apostle Paul, and before he became Paul, he was Saul, and as I thought about the change that took place in his life, it was a, a metamorphosis that took place. The old man died. The old man was crucified. The old man was buried. And then the new man came to life. It was a change that radically took place deep down in the heart of Saul. Deep down in his heart, God touched him. The revelation of Jesus Christ, the revealed Word of God, came to his mind, came to his heart, came to his life, and he was forever changed by that. Church today, when we purpose in our hearts to live for God, there's going to be change. Twenty years ago, I left Watson. I left Livingston Parish and began to serve the Lord in evangelism and missions and uh, pastoring churches and on staff at a couple of churches. And when I left 20 years ago, I never thought anything would change. But change has happened. For the good, and for the bad. You say, Brother Randall, you were kind of, you were kind of foolish not to think things would change. Well, you know, when you're growing up and you're living your life, you want your kids and your grandkids to remain young. You want them to be healthy and you want them to live their life full of energy. You don't want anything to change. When you were 20 years old, you said, I will conquer the world and I will do what I need to do to make it in life. Maybe you have. But maybe some things have changed. But maybe they haven't changed. The Apostle Paul, before he was Paul, his life was full of anger. Anger and angry uh, resentment and unknown, uncontrollable anger and, and just frustration and just evil and wicked until he met Jesus. And Jesus changed his life. Radically changed. Today, I want you to know that Jesus wants to radically change your life and my life. How can we do that? This is a takeaway today. This is a takeaway. How can we radically change our life? We can in ourselves do what God desires to do in our life. But we can purpose. We can purpose and desire for the Holy Spirit of God to do a work in us like it's never been done before. I've been saved for quite a few years now, since 82, and you do the math on that. And Listen, I'm still changing every day. God is still working in me and doing that, that molding and that chipping and that, that beating and that tearing and that polishing and that 
sandpapering. He's still doing that work in my heart and in my life, even right now, even today. And because He is doing that, I am changing moment by moment into what God wants me to be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you, church,